Hello, you have reached the Wild Woman Hotline, a place for visionary entrepreneurs like you to listen in on value-packed episodes for growing your brand in bold and strategic ways. Hello, Wild Woman fam, and welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Hotline. My name is Tristan Thibodeau. I am the founder of Wild Woman House, which is a kick-ass collaborative branding and marketing agency for the visionary female entrepreneur. Today, I am hogging the mic. We're going monologue style, and I want to talk to you all about how to build a strong team. Teams are essential to scaling. They are essential to growing. They are essential to you making more money. They are essential to you doing more without burning out. How to create sustainable businesses through the use of a team. So grab a cup of coffee. I've got some water and some green juice. Chugging my athletic greens. Not paid advertising. Just love it. So let's dive on into this conversation about how to build a strong team. So like I was saying, your team is going to be the rocket fuel that takes you to the next level in your business throughout your journey as an entrepreneur. And building a team is also one of the scariest fucking things that you will ever do in your business because it requires you to let go of a lot of control and it requires you to have a tremendous amount of trust and discernment with who you bring on to your team. So if you've never done this before, this will feel like one of the most scary leaps of faith that you've ever taken. And it is absolutely essential to you succeeding in your business. So let's dive right in. I don't like to waste time. Let's just get into the meat. And I want to talk to you about how to get started building a strong support team. The first thing that you want to do is you want to make a list of all of the tasks that you do in your business on a daily, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. The reason that this list is so important is because it's going to help you see everything that needs to happen in order for your business to run as usual and for it to grow and become more efficient. So what are the things that we need to do to keep the business running and operating on a daily basis? This is from sales to marketing to uh, service development. I mean, so much goes into running a business. Also, what are the things that we need to start doing to take the business to the next level? Make a list of every single one of those tasks. With that list in front of you, you are now going to take a highlighter, a fun colored marker, pencil, pen, you can do this on your computer, and you are going to start to highlight or emphasize the tasks that can only be done by you as the visionary of the brand. The key to this is that you want to start to highlight what are the things that literally cannot be done by anybody else because they need to come from my brain and they need to come from my vision. Your whole team should know what the vision of your brand is. Everybody should be on board for what that vision is and where you're going. They should all be clear on where you're going with the brand. But you are kind of the, 
I mean, not kind of, you are the visionary of the brand. You are the one that looks into the future and pulls to the present what you guys need to be doing in order to grow and in order to scale. So highlight the things on this list that only you can do as the visionary of your brand. And then you are going to categorize these tasks. You are going to start to create segments in your list. You can call these categories, mini lists, whatever, but you are going to categorize tasks by marketing, systems, design, website management, sales, and social media. There may be additional categories that are relevant to what you do, but in general, these are the main categories that all tasks will fall under within a business model. So for marketing, we're talking about copywriting. We're talking about advertising. There's a ton of other things that go in there, but just to kind of wrap your brain around it. Systems, we're talking about creating new funnels, maintaining existing funnels, creating new automations, uh, maintaining existing automations, invoicing, what have you. These are all the systems that run the day-to-day -day of your business. Next, we need to talk about design. So who is creating your graphics? Who is maintaining the brand identity? Who is making sure that your brand is consistent across all brand touch points in the way that it looks and feels? Making sure that your design and your aesthetic and your brand identity is consistent everywhere. Do you have a graphic designer? Do you have a social media manager that's doing this for you? Who is in charge of the design? What are the tasks that fall into this? Next is website. So everything from making sure that the website is loading properly, making sure that the content and the copy is up to date, making sure that it is being regularly updated with new offers, new price points, whatever. Also, what about links? Are all the links on the website still working? Do we have any SEO errors? Who's gonna be managing the function and the user experience and the searchability of your website? Next is sales, so that's super straightforward. Product or service-based, everything from uh, channels of sales to making sure that sales are completed, making sure that invoices are collected, et cetera, et cetera, and then social media. Who is running your social media? Who is creating the content? Who is managing the engagement? Who is performing the outreach? Who is doing research on content topics, hashtags, trending sounds, et cetera? So those are the main categories that are gonna fall into what you need to do to start building your team. You're gonna put all of your tasks of the master list that you created, pull out the things that you are gonna do, and then categorize the remaining tasks into those categories. Next, you are going to look at this list and look at the categories you've created and see which one has the most items in it. So for example, if your systems category with your funnels, your automations, your invoices, all of the backend systems has a gigantic list of things that you don't technically need to be doing as the visionary, maybe you wanna hire a tech VA. Maybe you wanna hire somebody that's gonna run your systems and maintain your systems for you, right? In this case, it would probably be a tech VA that would make the most sense or some sort of executive assistant that has a really strong tech background. This is something that you can immediately outsource because you have the list in front of you and you see that the tasks that need to be done within that category are outweighing all of the other categories. So if you can't hire in all of these categories right away, Focus on the one that needs to be taken care of first, like which fire needs to be put out first. And in this case, it's your fun, like your systems, like your funnels, your automations, your invoicing in this example. So that's gonna really help you to figure out where you need to hire first. And let's talk about actually building your team. Like who are the team members that you should hire first and who are the team members that you should wait to hire until you have more of an actual team established. 
So if you haven't listened to the episode with Teresa Wolf about how to hire an OBM, highly suggest that you go listen to that because it is so, so valuable in terms of understanding how to build the foundation of your team so that you can bring on more of a project manager or more of a team manager that is more of an OBM role. So to start with your team, you wanna look at a VA, a virtual assistant first. And you may not know this, but there are a ton of different types of virtual assistants. There are tech VAs that handle a lot of the more um, platforms and programs and automations and funnels in the actual technical back end of your business. That's their zone of genius. That's where they thrive. There's design VAs where they are really great at creating content. They're really great at creating graphics. Maybe they even help you with, you know, keeping your website up to date or creating a visual collateral for you. There's marketing VAs who really specialize in ads and using different social channels and uh, social platforms to help you market your business. They can also sometimes help you with copywriting. They can help you with email newsletters and email marketing. Then there's social media VAs, and these are the people that are typically managing your social accounts. They may or may not be creating content for you, but they could be posting content for you. They could be scheduling content for you. They can be doing hashtag research. They can be doing trending sound research. They could be compiling lists of content that would be really great for your platform. Sometimes they even engage with your audience, do outreach, follow new people, follow new accounts that are your ideal clients. So there's different types of VAs, but always start with a VA first to help you with the category, that bucket that is on fire that needs the most help. Then I would really suggest that you hire a bookkeeper and or a CPA, so a uh, tax professional, somebody that helps you at the end of the year or on a quarterly basis to file your finances. This is something that I have gotten down pat. It takes me about a half an hour. So I actually don't have a bookkeeper. It takes me a half an hour a month to file all of my, um, all of my, you know, like my uh, revenue and expenses on a monthly basis. It takes me 30 minutes. Like I've been doing this since 2016. At the moment, I don't see the need for a bookkeeper. In the future, you bet your ass I'm gonna get one. But right now, I'm fine doing it myself. However, I do have a CPA that helps me use all of the bookkeeping records that I've created. And then I basically hand off a spreadsheet to them at the end of the year, give them all of my 1099s for my subcontractors, give them all of my other forms that I need for my investments, whatever, my Roth, all my investments, right? And they take care of everything. Like I don't have to do shit. It's amazing. I pay them, they file everything, they tell me how much I owe if I'm owed money because I overpaid, like they set up that automatic deposit, it's incredible. And so to me, paying for a CPA is more worth it than paying for a bookkeeper that does my bookkeeping, but that's gonna be up to you. At this point, when you have VAs, when you have a design team, when you have a marketing team, when you have a CPA, this is when it makes sense to bring on an OBM or what's also called an integrator. So this is the person that manages your team for you so that you can stay in that role of being a visionary, so that you can stay in the role of being that person that moves the brand and the business forward. And then your integrator is just the rock star at managing your team and kind of being the person that sits down with you every week and says, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what we need to focus on. Where are we going next? How can we make this happen? They are just like the magic worker when it comes to team management and project management. Next, once you have figured out the tasks that you need to outsource and you have figured out what your first hire is gonna be with a VA and then a CPA or bookkeeper and then an OBM, the third step 
is to determine the scope of your hire. So what this means is, is this going to be a short-term hire or a long-term hire? Is this only for a project that you need done or is this gonna be a long-term hire where you have them on like a monthly retainer? Um, you need to set up your team communications. So personally for the agency, we use Slack. Everybody on our team is on Slack and then we use ClickUp for project management. So we use Slack for team communication and then we use ClickUp for task management. And we also use Google Drive for managing uh, larger files and things that we need to be able to share amongst all of us, amongst the five of us, or sorry, amongst the six of us. Five team members plus our virtual assistant plus our CPA. I guess that's like seven. I don't There's so many people. Ah! See, team communication is really, really important. Keep track of all your shit. So once you have your team communications in place and you've determined the scope of your hire, this is when you want to set up your task management sharing. So how are you going to share the tasks and projects that you are collaborating with your team on? And like I said, we use ClickUp. You can also use Asana. Trello works great. There's a ton of like team-based uh, project management platforms that are out there. ClickUp is one of my favorites. I really love Asana too. Trello is, you know, I'm so, so about it, but there's so many options out there. So find yourself a task management sharing platform that you're going to have all your team members on. Then you want to establish your, well, not establish, you want to share your brand guidelines and your SOPs, your standard operating processes. So your brand guidelines are the things that usually come in the form of like a brand strategy guidebook or a brand book. They have everything from your brand vision, your mission, your brand voice, your brand aesthetic, your brand communication, your word styling. They have the content you should be using. They have the platforms. Basically, it's just like a rundown, like a comprehensive rundown of what your brand is, what the voice is, how it should look, how it should sound, how you do things. That way, when you have this document and you bring on a new hire, this is a way for you to train them about your business and about your brand without you needing to literally in-person train them about your business and about your brand. So you can hand over this document, ask them to walk through it. I oftentimes will pay people for their time that it takes for them to study the brand book. And then if you need to, you can hop on a call, but that call is gonna be so much shorter because at this point you're just answering questions and reviewing what they've already learned. So you definitely need brand guidelines in the form of a brand book or a brand strategy guidebook. You also wanna have SOPs or standard operating procedures. SOPs are something that really helps somebody come in and just hit the ground running. So if you've never heard of an SOP, what they are is basically an outline that details step by step by step how to complete a specific task. So a task, for example, could be something like writing a blog post and publishing it to WordPress. So your SOP for blog writing would be something like outline the blog post with all of our headings, subheadings, our heading twos, our heading threes, our subhead twos, subhead threes. Um, find the SEO keyword that we're gonna highlight in this. Write the URL slug, write the meta description, write the title, um, write the actual language that's gonna go in the subheads, outline the topics within each subhead. So that could be what goes into actually writing it and then draft out that outline, right? Next, you're gonna go into, okay, what are all of the steps for publishing? And you know, there's a thousand steps to publishing and we don't think about all of the teeny tiny little things that we do, all the way from like paragraph spacing to punctuation to 
word styling to making sure that our featured images have SEO keywords and descriptions for screen readers and for SEO, like all of these teeny tiny little tasks from the second you open a document to write a blog post all the way to when you hit publish on your blog, what is every single step that you're taking? And something that's really great about a VA, something like a tech VA that really focuses on systems and funnels and automations is that they are gonna help you create SOPs. So if you walk them through how to do something and then say, hey, can you create an SOP for this? They can create it and then if something's missing, you go back in and modify that SOP and then it's permanently a document that you have to be able to hand off to anybody new that you hire and your SOPs can always be updated and modified based on what you're doing in your businesses. So the last piece of determining the scope of your hire, once you've determined if it's gonna be short-term, long-term, you've set up your team communications, you've set up your task management, you've given them your brand guidelines and your SOPs, now it is time to assess your finances and make sure that you have consistent income to pay out your team based on what you've determined to be the short-term or the long-term hire. Now, the reason I put this here is because if it's a short-term hire, you already kind of know what that investment is going to be up front. If it's going to be a long-term hire, you want to make sure that you can pay that person for a minimum of three months with the income that you're generating, but you can also have them help you come up with marketing and sales ideas based on their expertise in your business to generate more income so that you can keep them on for a longer term basis. So you can either put this first in the determining the scope of your hire, or you can put it here. It's really up to you based on, is this a short term or is this a long term hire? If it's a long term hire, I think it would be a good idea to do this as one of the first steps. If it's a short term hire, I think it makes sense to do this here because you already know what the investment is going to be upfront. The last thing that you wanna do in this step of determining the scope of your hire is can I subcontract instead of actually hiring this person as an employee? So full disclosure, every expert that we work with in the agency is subcontracted. And I do this intentionally because I want our experts to have the freedom to set their own pricing. I am not interested in taking a cut of their profits. I am not interested in taking credit for their work. They get to claim full um, professional and creative authority over their work. They get all the credit for it. And the reason I do this and the reason I subcontract instead of hire out is that A, it's much more financially feasible for me to subcontract versus hire. With hiring, I have to worry about healthcare, 401ks, um, all different types of like insurance and things like that. I have to pay out social security. Right now, it just doesn't make sense to do that. At some point, it might. But I also really like the subcontract model because then everybody is still independent. They still have their own businesses. They're not actually working for me. They're working with me. So I'm a huge fan of the collaborative subcontractor model. Once you have determined the scope, <clears throat> Once you've determined the scope of your hire, then it's time to set up effective team communication. So start by having a kickoff call where you really onboard everybody, you welcome them, you answer any questions that you that they may have, you show them where all the different ways to get in contact with you are, where they should be putting files, sharing things with you, etc. And then you wanna keep the channel of communication open at all 
times. This does not mean that you need to respond during your off hours, but you want to make it possible for somebody to reach out to you regardless of the time, regardless of the day. So my Slack app on my desktop is constantly open. I have the Slack app on my app or on my phone. That doesn't mean that every single time I see a message, if it's Sunday afternoon and I'm chilling on the couch with Kyle, my fiance, like that doesn't mean that I'm gonna hop on my Slack. Sometimes I do, if I feel like, yeah, I'm open to you know communicating right now. If I'm looking for personal space, I hit that shit on Monday. But you have to keep the channels open so that when you go to read your messages and review your messages, you can see those notifications right away. It's not like they're being hidden. It's not like they're being muted. That's really, really, really important so that you don't miss anything as the CEO managing the team. Then you want to ensure consistent work for your team by staying ahead of your goals. So this is really where stepping into that CEO mindset, truly staying on top of your shit, paying attention to your weekly tasks, monthly tasks, quarterly goals, annual goals is gonna be critical because what happens a lot of the time is that we bring on a hire. This has happened to me before. It's totally normal. It's a part of the learning curve of building a team. You bring on a hire, you have a huge list of things for them to do. They burn their way through that list and then they come back to you and they're like, all right, what's next? And it's been a week and you're amazed at how fast they got everything done because that's how quickly VAs work. (laughs) At least really good ones work extremely fast and efficiently and do high quality work. They come back to you and they're like, all right, what's next? And you're like, oh shit, I still have 20 hours of work with you on this contract and I have no projects lined up. That's not great for them because they like to stay busy. They like to stay consistent because that helps them grow their business. But it's also not good for you because you're not fully taking advantage and really leveraging the power of that hire. So the goal is every single week you sit down, you look at the week ahead, you look at the next upcoming weeks, and you pull out the things that you need help with. And this is important to make sure that you are being very, very discerning of the question, does this actually need to be done by me or am I just used to doing it or am I afraid to release control of this task? And this is very common. This has happened to me so many times where I'm like, oh, it's only an hour and a half of my time. Like I've done it so often. I know exactly what needs to be done. It'll just be faster for me to do it. It's actually not faster for me to do it because in the long run, I'm spending an hour and a half every single week doing a task that would maybe take me 30 minutes to show my VA how to do so that she can do it and take that hour and a half off my week every single week. I'm saving myself hundreds of hours throughout the course of a year by taking that 30 minutes and teaching her how to do this task versus just saying, oh, it's easier for me to do it because I know how I can get it done in an hour and a half. Yeah, you can, but is it worth it? Is it really worth your time? So make sure that you have work lined up for your team. Next, you wanna cultivate the skill of giving effective feedback. So this is part of setting up effective team communication. The skill of giving feedback is truly a skill. It is something that we don't come out of the womb with. Oftentimes we are taught to give really bad feedback because of the feedback that we have received in our life. And so it's important to focus on how does this person prefer to be given feedback? Do they like to be uh, given direct feedback where you just cut through the shit, you tell them exactly what needs to be done differently? Do Are they somebody that likes the sandwich approach, like compliment, critique, 
compliment are they somebody that needs to be kind of like praised for their quality of work before you give them any sort of feedback these are all different types of um giving feedback and there's actually a really great book i'm trying to read it on my bookshelf right now i think it's literally called the art of giving feedback but that's a phenomenal book to learn or it's called thanks for the feedback actually it's what it's called thanks for the feedback it's a great book on learning your feedback style, how you like to receive feedback, but also learning the different styles of giving feedback and how to provide good feedback. So 10 out of 10 recommend that book. It's called Thanks for the Feedback. It's kind of funny. It's a little like sarcastic and witty, which I appreciated. It's a quick read too. Definitely CEO material. Next, make sure that you are thanking your support team every single chance that you get. Do not treat these people like employees because they're not. They are professionals. They are entrepreneurs. They have their own business. They are more of a collaborator to you than they are an employee to you. Yes, they're taking tasks off your hands, but in a lot of cases, they're going to be doing things 10 times more efficiently than you could. They deserve your respect. And just in general, like, can we break that whole narrative of employees being beneath the CEO in any way, shape, or form in terms of expertise or skill or knowledge or awareness or anything like your team deserves respect thank them as often as you can and if you have a slip up where maybe you say something disrespectfully or maybe you say something that was a little off the cuff that you came to later reflect on you're like oh man I wish I would have said that differently bring it up to them be a heart-centered person say hey you know I just wanted to take responsibility for this and say that didn't come off the best way I didn't mean for it to sound that way if you feel disrespected that's not at all my intention I apologize for that here's what I meant instead clean it up Clean it up. Your team is going to be one of your most important relationships that you have in your business. And if done well, they're going to stay on your team for a long time because you work well together and you collaborate well together. So once you have set up effective team communication, then you want to adapt the mindset of always striving to be a better CEO. So be prepared for your team to grow and evolve over time. Your team may change. You may not have the exact same VA, OBM, CPA, designer, copywriter on your team throughout the course of your business, and that's okay. Teams grow, they evolve, they shift, but you need to be prepared for the fact that your team may not stay with you for the lifespan of your business, and it may need to evolve. You may need to move people around. Maybe you hired a VA that you thought was gonna be a tech VA, and it turns out they're actually really great at marketing. So now you need to transition them into a different role in your team, right? That's totally great. That's a really powerful move. You need to be doing those things. But in order to be prepared for these things to happen, you need to have your system set up. You need to have your SEOs set up or your SOPs set up. You need to have your team communication set up. You need to have everything on the back end set up so that you can easily pivot and transition with your team. Next, remember... Some will stay, some will go. And just reiterating, make sure that you have systems in place to easily onboard new team members. What does your hiring process look like? What does your contracting process look like? What does your payment process look like? How do they invoice you? How do they communicate with you? Make sure that you have these systems in place set up so that you can easily onboard any new team members throughout the lifespan of your business. All right, so those are my four tips for you about how to build a strong team. And remember, at the end of the day, building a team 
is going to be one of the biggest trust falls that you are going to take in your business because you have come to rely on yourself since the beginning. You technically know how to do basically everything there is to do in your business. But the question you need to start asking yourself is, am I doing this to the best level that it can be done? And do these things need to be done by me? Because I am the visionary of the brand. Does this task really need to be done by me? Does it need to consume my brain power and energy and focus? Or can I bring on somebody that really crushes it at this task so that I can stay in my lane and focus on actually growing the business, coming up with innovative ideas, creating new offerings, increasing our sales, attracting new clients, and so on. At the end of the day, the trust fall is worth it. The trust fall is worth it. You are gonna expand and grow so much in your leadership once you learn how to manage a team and once you make that first hire, it's gonna be scary as shit at first. It's gonna feel like, oh my God, this is gonna go so terribly. You might have a ton of limiting beliefs about it, but I promise you, once you get through the learning curve, it's like a breath of fresh air. You feel so supported, you feel so light, you're able to stay more in your zone of genius. And that is exactly where you need to be in order to bring your vision for big impact and big income to life. That is all I have for you today in this solo episode of the Wild Woman Hotline, all about how to build a powerful team that scales your business and grows your brand. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you loved this episode and if you're loving the show in general, I would appreciate it so much if you could take the time to write a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, I'm gonna hook you up with a free gift. So when you write that review, take a screenshot of it, send it to podcast at wildwomanhouse.com. That email is in the show notes. Once you receive that screenshot, we will send you a free gift in the mail as a huge token of gratitude and appreciation for you taking the time to share the word, spread the love, and get the message out about what we're doing over here at Wild Woman House. I love you so much. I'm cheering you on. I am forever in your corner to help you crush your goals, bring your vision to life, and remember, stay wild, woman.